We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to an NFL Conference Championship edition of the Rotowire Sports Gambling Podcast, sponsored by our good friends over at BetMGM. As you've been doing all season, hopefully, uh, use that promo code BETROTO, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. You can use that at BetMGM.com. You can use that on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM using the promo code BETROTO. You can receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. I'm Nick Whalen, joined, as always, by John McKechnie. Uh, John, we, we only got two games on the slate this week. It, it's kind of panic time for me, like realizing like, oh my God, there's no more Thursday night football. There's no more Saturday football. There's no more <laughs> Sunday night football. There's no more Monday night football. Like it's, it's, it's a great time in the season. You know, the, these last weekend and this coming weekend is probably the best quality football that we get all year. But at the same time, I, I don't like that. We only have three NFL games remaining. I mean, it, it time's almost up. Yeah, it's it's a little bit existential crisis. You got to just really enjoy what we have left of the football season because there's three oh, games true. left. Uh, the the Pro Bowl is no longer worth watching and the NFL even like kind of acknowledges that with with the change in, in its format. Mm-hmm. Uh, gone are the days of Sean Taylor destroying a punter for our entertainment. So um, it's too bad. So sad. But, um, you know, we, we do have. Um, two amazing matchups uh, coming coming at us this weekend. And I, I think there, there's basically no way that we get shafted out of a good Super Bowl. Um, I think any any combination of these matchups is going to be pretty electric. I'm really excited. I think that these games are, are going to be amazing. I thought last weekend's games, you know, but they were, they, they were a little hit and miss. Like Saturday night's game was obviously a, a bit of a laugher. But, you know, Sunday... I. I don't know if the the Bengals Bills game necessarily delivered as far as as, clo- as how close it was, but I thought it was a really entertaining game. You know, mm-hmm. you get the snow in Buffalo. Uh, I mean, that's that's just good stuff right right there. And I, I thought you know there was enough intrigue in in that uh, Cowboys Niners game to to you know kind of hold us over. So playoffs have been mostly delivering thus far, mm-hmm. and I, I expect this weekend to be no different. Yeah, I, I think last weekend, if nothing else left us with no doubt that we have the four best teams remaining. And I think Buffalo was in that category coming into last week. I think Dallas was right on the fringe. You know, obviously had they beat San Francisco, 
that would have meant a lot. And, you know, if that game in Buffalo had gone differently, I think we would say that Buffalo was one of the four best teams, but Buffalo played itself out of that discussion. And we're, we're down to the four teams that I think kind of felt like they've been on a collision course for a while now. Uh, it's the first time in the last 45 years, John, that the Super Bowl favorite as of right now has longer than plus 200 odds. Like there's truly no favorite. Any of these four could win it and it wouldn't really seem like, you know, some sort of Cinderella story or any sort of upset. Like all the odds are basically equal to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's tight. You know, it's it's all between plus 200 and plus 350, right? So, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's all right there for, for the taking for any of these four teams. And, and yeah, to, to your point, there isn't, you know, a, a Giants or, or a Jags, like, you know, proverbially, proverbially, uh, like spoiling the party like the, these really are the, yeah. the four best teams. And I, I think we, we've seen that. I think the Eagles Niners has basically been foretold since since, you know, the, the Niners were able to kind of weather the storm of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury and, and the way that Brock Purdy has been playing. You know, like you said, the, the Bills were probably uh, the more likely team uh, go, going into last weekend. But again, I, it's hard to bet against Joe Burrow and the Bengals right now that they, they they have it clicking. I know, I know they struggled a little bit in the, in the wild card round, but um, the way they played in the second half of the season after they kind of got over that initial Super Bowl hangover has been nothing short of extremely impressive. And they, they are extremely dangerous. And especially when you have the Patrick Mahomes injury baked in, um, it, it's, you know, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit more. But uh, it feels like the, the Bengals need, need to kind of close the deal here. The, the line's been like bouncing around it in that one like all week, though, which has been pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's been a, a freaking yo-yo if you will, John, that, that line's been all over the place. We'll dive into that one. Uh, you know, you're right. I think about the, the NFC, especially like really once the 49ers began their ascent, uh, like once they had won like four or five in a row, you just felt like it was the Eagles and the Niners on a collision course. And maybe Dallas finds a way to crash it. Uh, you know, maybe a team like the giants find a way, you know, green Bay obviously was, was in that discussion before they failed to even make the field. Uh, but those, those have been the two. And in the AFC, we've had, we've had the big three and we, we always knew that it was going to be two of those three. And, you know, I, I think the Bengals felt like they got the short end of the stick in some ways going into the playoffs, uh, you know, getting that matchup against Buffalo in round two. But, man, I, I like obviously you come out of that feeling great about how Cincinnati played, but I'm almost more alarmed at how flat Buffalo came out at home. Yeah, that, that was shocking. Um, you know, I, I think that there's something to be said for you're a team in Buffalo and you play like you've never played in cold weather before or any sort of conditions like that. They were, their defense was on its heels the whole time. Um, it felt like, you know, the, the big storyline. And I think the reason why a lot of people put down on, on the bills to win last week, not necessarily to cover was, you know, the three starting offensive linemen for the Bengals being out. It's like, well, how are they going to handle that? Um, I, I think the Von Miller injury proved to be way more significant than, may, than maybe we thought it was going to be because if, if he's out there, making the Bengals pay for, for their lack of talent up front, then it's a different story. But instead the Bengals were able to, to, you know, kind of lean on, on the bills and, and get the ground game going in, in pretty spectacular fashion. And those, those linebackers, you know, the linebacking core that was built to beat the chiefs uh, you know, they kind of counted their chickens before they hatched a bit basically because effectively they couldn't stop the run whatsoever. Maybe that would have worked better against Kansas city, but maybe you should also account for, an offense like the Bengals, the one that just won the AFC last year, if you're the Bills. Yeah, well said. Uh, a couple housekeeping items before we dive deeper into these games. Uh, I want to apologize if my voice sounds terrible. I am dealing with like the world's mildest yet most consistent 
sinus infection. Like I don't feel sick, but when I talk on a podcast, I feel like I'm like straining to shout into the microphone. So advanced apologies on that. I, I think I'm dealing with like the equivalent of plantar fasciitis, but in my vocal cords. Okay. So you, you, we're, we're just going to do kind of a load management type yes. Of thing. Yes. To, I, to I have turf, toe, turf vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, John, I, I know you we're, we're recording this a little bit earlier in the day and not a big deal when we don't have like 16 games to keep track of. You know, we, we talked about that Cincinnati and Kansas city line moving all over the place. And it's probably going to move more between now and, and Sunday afternoon. Uh, but the reason we're recording a little bit early bowling league starts this week. Bowling league is back. Uh, if you, if you've been listening to Nick and I throughout the fall, did so, you know, the Italian version of lawn bowling, uh, during, during the early portion of the season, played some bocce ball. Uh, now, now we're going straight to the lanes, baby. We, we are, uh, we're back season two spare the bees is our name. Uh, our trivia name is, uh, save the bees, but we adjust it, uh, you know, for, for this one, we've got the shirts, the official shirts. I forgot to, to put it on for, for this pod. I'll have to do that yeah. next week. And of course for the super bowl, but yes, the bowling league kicks off this evening. We finished fourth last year. I think we're, we're coming for, for the podium at the very minimum this year. And it, it starts tonight against uh, glory bowl is the other team's name. Well, I mean, that's what you expect, I guess. Team names like that in a, in a bowling league. What, what's your uh, what's your average right now? Oh boy, I'm 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 more of a, a vibes slash moral support okay. guy. Um, sure. I, I'd say I'm I'm sitting comfortably between the the 120 to 140 range. So maybe I'm one of the top four bowlers on, on the team on a, on a given week. But uh, I think if we had our druthers, we would prefer that my, that that score isn't among the top four. But we have some heavy hitters along the way. So I, I'm just there to kind of to boost everyone up, be the hype man, uh, have the turkey hat at the ready in the event that someone bowls a turkey. We do have a, a hat that you put on, um, sort of like a Burger King crown, but it's sure. a turkey and it's it's pretty sweet. So um, yeah, we're, we at least, we have all like the aesthetics checked off as far as our team goes and some of the talent. Okay, well put. Well put. I uh, would love to see the turkey hat on the pod at some point, maybe next week uh, when we preview the Super Bowl, we could do that. Uh, I, I want to ask you, you, know, you mentioned vibes with bowling. Just want to get some, some general vibes checks on a couple of the coaching hires that we had earlier Thursday. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, OC, New York Jets, uh, kind of felt like he was going to get back in, not qualified necessarily to be a head coach. I think he proved that pretty quickly, but we've also seen plenty of coordinators who are fantastic in that position can't really, for lack of a better term, hack it as a head coach. And then they go back and, and return to having success uh, as a coordinator. So it, it kind of feels like, you know, Hackett became like this national joke over the last year, but I, I think he can still provide value as long as he is not a head coach. And then the other coaching hire that we got uh, kind of felt like some, some dominoes are starting to fall. Frank Reich heading to Carolina, uh, you know, betting wise, not, not a ton you could do to capitalize on these moves right now, but uh, in general, what, what is your reaction? Um, so, I was talking to Mario on, on the fantasy football pod a little bit earlier about the the Hackett hire because I came across right before we sat down to re to record. Um, he seemed pretty convinced that this was somehow like a, a leverage play from the Jets to to make them a potentially more appealing place if the Packers were to move Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like get linked back up with, with Hackett. If that, but that's you know such a a kind of pie in the sky. Like so much has to happen in order for for Rodgers to really literally just like follow in the, in the Brett Favre 
footsteps and <laughs> what do you wear number three i don't like this yeah it no it, it feels wrong but uh okay let's let's say that the jets don't end up with Favre. that they they either go with a, a you know one other veteran free agent i don't think there's anyone in the draft i don't know if they they would go into the into the season next year with with mike white or anything or if they if zach wilson is that much of a persona non grata there but I just don't know how much of Hackett's success was just based on Rodgers and Devontae Adams versus him and, and his own schematic abilities. But um, it, you know, that, that was an offense that needed a, a jump start a little bit. There, there is talent there in New York. So it was an attractive place for, for a landing spot. So I'll, I'll just kind of like take a rather neutral stance on, on Hackett. I, I don't think that uh, it worked out for him as a head coach, obviously, but. I'm willing to to bet that you know he has some things to him as a coordinator that that will lead to some success there in New York. I'm with you that it totally feels like a ultra transparent Aaron Rodgers recruitment play. Uh, I, I I don't really know what the move is. We we talked about this on XM last night, Jeff and I, and you know I, I think Rodgers does make some sense. Uh, the, the Jets I think have what like the 13th pick, so they're kind of just out of range to feel good about landing. Uh, a difference making quarterback. And you also have to wonder like if there's any franchise that would be a little skittish about reinvesting in another young quarterback, it would be the jets, right? I mean, you've, you've tried and failed on Zach Wilson. You tried and failed on Sam Darnold. You tried and failed to, I guess, a lesser degree on Mark Sanchez, all of those guys, top 10 picks. Uh, like I, I understand kind of wanting to go in a different direction. Now. I don't, I think you have to be cognizant of not going to the extreme and becoming the Indianapolis Colts where you just have this like rotating sad hamster wheel of has been quarterbacks every year. But I think the jets are in this unique spot where you either need to land like a young franchise guy who can help you win now, or I, I'm actually kind of okay with, with the, the Rogers or, or even like Tom Brady, if you want to throw his name in there, like one or two year plan, because I, I think they have the right kind of roster to, to bring in that bridge type of quarterback, but it has to be a true difference maker. Like it, it can't be, it, it can't be Jared Goff, you know, it, it can't be a Kirk Cousins type. Like it has to, if you're, if you're doing that plan, it has to be someone who can actually push you in, you know, win one or two playoff games, uh, I guess uh, with this, excuse me, with this roster around him. So overall, I, I kind of like Rogers to the jets. I, I think it, I think it makes some sense because they're just stuck, you know, unless you could find a way to trade for Lamar Jackson, or if the, the Cowboys are going to give you Dak Prescott, like I, I just think they're stuck in this weird middle ground. Yeah, they they are. Um, they they get, definitely have to like get that get that sorted out and like come up with with their with their plan for that here before the the new league starts uh, in March. But you know, you you take the the thousand foot view of the division, and it feels like the Bills are less of an ine inevitability. They feel a little bit more mortal uh, now than than they would have a month ago or, or going into this season, where you know everyone was basically. Uh, starting to etch their names on on the Lombardi Trophy with the, the way that they the way that the season ended last year, everyone just kind of like gave them a break on that, and then come out pace the pace the Rams, uh, destroy the Titans, like all on national TV. Everyone's all excited about the Bills, but the Bills have some kind of fatal flaws, and that they are so reliant on on Josh Allen to where like that all of a sudden they don't seem as impenetrable of a, of a team, and the Jets themselves even showed that. Uh, this year with that with that first meeting, obviously Josh Allen gets a little bit dinged up in that game, but yeah, I mean th this is you know somehow a, a, a win more winnable division that, than it may uh, than you may have perceived it uh, to be when it comes to the Jets, but they do need to get quarterback sorted out and and yeah, I think 
as it stands, the the bridge plan I, I think stands out as as its strongest option right now. All right, let's get to championship weekend. We got two games on Sunday, no game Saturday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern start, Niners-Eagles, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, Bengals-Chiefs. Uh, 49ers, two-and-a-half-point dogs right now over at BetMGM. That's basically been the line all week. Haven't seen nearly as much movement in this game as we have in the AFC. Total sitting at 46-and-a-half. Uh, what's your initial lean on this game, John? Um, I am sticking with, with the Niners. I, I know that Brock Purdy didn't look as good last week as he did the, the week prior when when they just kind of lit up uh, the, the Seahawks. Um, it, it was still, you know, like 65% completion rate, 7.4 yards per attempt. So he wasn't bad or anything, but he he was, you know, proverbial game manager. And that, that makes you a little bit more concerned when you look at the injury report for, for the Niners this week. You know, McCaffrey, you, you saw him during the game getting, getting the calf worked out and everything and you know a couple other important pieces on that offense are have been not practicing at least as of Wednesday we'll we'll see what's up on Thursday I'm I'm assuming it's more maintenance that, than anything else and just mm-hmm. trying to trying to limit your risk uh if you're the Niners with with those type of guys but you know Purdy will need to play a little bit better th- this week there are fail safes uh with with the Niners you know if if he's a little bit off if he turns the ball over you know, you still have a good run game to go with, but it's a really tough Eagles defense that, that the Niners are going against. So th- this is tricky, but all that being said, I'm interested to see what the Eagles do when, you know, and I've, I've mentioned this several times throughout the season. Like what, what do they do when they're kind of faced with more adversity? Like the giants, I, I feel like they pretty clearly like have, have the giants number in in some respects. So they were able to kind of coast uh, last weekend's game. I, I think this one's going to be totally different. And how the Eagles respond to, you know, the other team actually putting up a fight, I think is going to say right. a lot about this game. But my 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 lean, my expectation, therefore, is actually that the Niners are going to come out on top in this one. I'm on the other side. I like Philly. And at the same time, I'm trying to like actively manage whether or not I'm putting too much stock into one game. Uh, you know, we, we, we talked about Philly, the way they ended the regular season on somewhat of a low note, you know, it was tough to really make a judgment because Jalen hurts missed back-to-back games, came back and you know, they, they got the win in week 18 against the, the Giants' second start or second stringers, but it wasn't very convincing. You, you felt like they were kind of limping their way in. They had lost that kind of cloak of invinci- uh, invincibility that they had earlier in the regular season, but it also felt like now they've, they've gotten it back. But what I, what I keep asking myself is, did we did we inflate the Giants based on them beating the most fraudulent team in NFL history? We definitely Vikings, did, right? We and definitely we, did. We talked about that last week. We talked about that possibility, and yet I felt pretty good about the Giants covering seven and a half last week. Like I really thought they would put up a fight. That game was over five minutes in. Like you, you just yep. knew. Like the, the Giants were overmatched. You felt like they knew it. The Eagles knew it, and, and the route was on. So, like part of me, obviously, you don't want to take anything away from Philly. It's it's tough to beat a, a divisional opponent three times in one season they absolutely trounced them in, in every phase of the game they racked up what 250 rushing yards on like 44 carries i mean it was it was a complete decimation but at the same time i, I feel like we're you know we're, we're now kind of pumping up the eagles and maybe discounting the 49ers a little bit because they didn't dominate the cowboys but i think if these matchups were, were reversed if the cowboys were playing the eagles i think the eagles probably win a close game and if the 49ers were playing the giants i think we would have got the same result that we got with the eagles playing the giants yeah, well said. Yeah, that's a, some good application of the transitive property. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
one kind of stray narrative that this is this more in the college circles, but what do you take umbrage with Alabama fans claiming Jalen Hurts or Ohio State fans claiming Joe Burrow? I I I I can get it a little bit more with with Bama people. They're also a little bit thirstier yeah. for it because they, they I think since like the eighties have have they had a uh, quarterback win in the in the NFL postseason, but Ohio State. You showed Burrow the door without a single start, buddy. Like, you don't get to claim that. Wait, so first of all, Alabama had not had a, a an alum win a playoff game even? not even. We're not even talking Super Bowl? Correct. Since wow. Yeah, since like the 80s. Yeah. It's, no way. It's, I would not have guessed that. Wow. Mm, tough. That's crazy. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking back. I'm like, John Parker Wilson never won a playoff game? Um, <laughs> he, he had Super Bowl hair. Um. But, you absolutely. know, but, uh, he, other than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hold on. So to go to, to go back to your question, um, I, I sometimes I forget that Jalen Hurts even played at Oklahoma, to be honest. So to me, he's an Alabama guy. Like, I, I feel like most of his career played out at Alabama, like most of his big moments, you know, the the, the kind of quarterback comp- competition with Tua, uh, you know, coming back in, leading them to a win. Like, I, I think of him as an Al- Alabama guy before I think of him as an Oklahoma guy. And I, I guess it's OK to claim both. I mean, it's kind of like Russell Wilson, right? Like he when does Russell Wilson ever say anything about NC state? He played more games at NC state than he did Wisconsin, but mm-hmm. Wisconsin has kind of claimed him as its favorite son. I don't really feel like Oklahoma's done that just because they've had so many other guys. It's kind of a different story, but I, I, I associate Jalen hurts more with Alabama. The Joe Burrow, Ohio state thing is wild. He, no, he's an LSU guy. Like he yep. barely played if at all at Ohio state. Uh, they didn't want him. He, you know, they, they had too many guys as they always do recruiting wise it's a fun story to look back on. It's, it's like a great, what if that everybody's talked about a thousand times, but he's LSU through and through Ohio state has no claim here. No, they, they don't. Uh, I'm definitely more willing to, to hear it when, when it comes to Hertz, you know, he, a couple of national title game appearances. Um, yeah. At least, at least two, three, yeah, three. Um, or at least he, he was on the roster for, for three, mm-hmm. um, got benched in, in the one, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, he sticks out more as an Alabama than an Oklahoma guy, even though he had a he had an excellent seat. I think Oklahoma propelled him into being a pro prospect. I don't think that sure. by the time that he left Tuscaloosa that he was going to be ready to be anything close to what we're seeing right now. I think Lincoln Riley really did a lot to unlock him. But um, yeah, I, th- I think narrative-wise, more of a Bama guy uh, than, than, than an Oklahoma guy, whereas Burrow, um, that, that's just sour grapes from, from Ohio State, it seems like. Yeah, quite I mean, look, a reach. If, if he if he transferred from Wisconsin, I'd probably be trying to claim him as well. So I get it. But Ohio State, you got plenty of guys. There's no need to be doing this. Um, total. There's no this reason game. for this. Exactly. It, it's it's completely unnecessary. Forty six and a half is the total right now over at Bet MGM. I'm on the under here. I, I I think this is a a game between two teams that can run the ball, two teams that are used to controlling the clock, and a team, especially in the 49ers who is okay being conservative. You know, like you think about this as like one of the most high powered offenses. They can score at will. They put up a bunch of points. That's all true. But this is also a team that settles for a lot of field goals, like way more than you would think for an elite offense. They've kicked eight field goals in the last two weeks alone. If you look at red zone touchdown percentage, they're down in the low fifties. Like they're below league average in the regular season when it came to red zone touchdown percentage. Whereas teams like the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, they're all at 68, 69, 70%. Uh, 49ers are all the way down at 54%. So I, I think they, they can be aggressive when they need to, but overall Kyle Shanahan tends to be a conservative coach. Is this going to be as low scoring as 
you know, Cowboys Niners last week? I don't think so, but I, I could totally see this being a like 24-21 type of game. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I, I'm on the under. I think that the these defenses on, on for both teams, I would say, have an advantage over the opposing offense. I think that San Francisco is going to be able to throw a lot of different looks um, at, at Jalen Hurts and company. Um, obviously, you know, you, you mentioned the, the rushing statistics from Philly last week. They're not going to come close to that. If they get half of that, I, I will I, I would chalk that up as a win for Philly, frankly. So um, th there's just so many pieces, so much athleticism, so well schemed as far as the San Francisco side that that I expect that the Eagles to be stuck in the mud a little bit offensively. And then, yeah, the 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 Niners not lighting up the scoreboard necessarily, like you said, and the the, the eight field goals. Yeah, G Robbie Gold has been a busy man. Uh, the the dichotomy of goal, it, it almost felt like they're rubbing it in Dallas's face. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you see that? You see that? We can make our kicks, huh? <laughs> you like that? We're going to do another one. Um, it, that's that's kind of what it felt like on, on Sunday. Gold gold is nails in the, uh, the postseason. Has he missed a field goal in the postseason in his career? I, I think I, perhaps I'll be honest, I don't have that information handy, but I, I, I'm inclined to think no. If he has, he hasn't missed many. Uh, by the way, I, I wanted to fit him into our parlays that we'll get to, and we're Ooh. doing a, a little more of a unique spin on the parlays this week, given that we only have two games, but uh, what wasn't eligible, but I love Robbie gold over one and a half made field goals in this game. Uh, I, I think just because I've been talking about it so much, the line has actually moved. Uh, it's, it's, it's at like one minus minus one twenty Now it was minus minus one ten earlier this week. Uh, but I, I think he's a lock to, to kick two field goals. So if you could fit that in somewhere on your card, highly advise that uh, I have a couple notes here, John, from the, the action network, my, my favorite read each week, make sure you go check out uh, their betting trends article in the last 20 years when we have a matchup between two teams in the playoffs who are averaging at least 130 yards per game on the ground. So that's both San Francisco and Philly. When those teams meet in the playoffs and it's happened six times in the last 20 years, the under is six and zero oh in those games. Strong, strong trend right there. Yeah. We like that. Uh, if you're looking at passing yards props, by the way, uh, Brock Purdy specifically passing yards props against the Eagles, 16 and three to the under in their last 19 games. And you know, with the way Purdy played last week, mm -hmm. hmm, what what what's his posted total? Brock Purdy's total, I think it was hanging around like two twenty. I could get you that number uh, very shortly if you just allow me to kill time as my computer loads. Of course, uh, yes. let's see here. Big, it's a big page. There's a lot of data uh, on this yeah. year page over yeah, at Rotowire. Start to get the smoke coming out and everything. Uh, yep, two twenty and two twenty and a half. Two twenty and a half. All right. I like the under on that. It's a low number, but I, I like the under. I, I, again, I don't think we, I don't think we get a ton of explosive plays through the air here. I mean, Philly, both of these defenses are great. I think San Francisco has the more well-rounded defense, but Philly's number one in the league by a lot in terms of past defense DVOA. Yeah, they they are they're clamps. I mean, James Bradbury is such a huge off-season addition. Darius Slay just as good as ever. Um, the pass rush is is nasty. Um, you know the 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 Niners' ability to hold up against that pass rush, which is so multiple and and diverse. Whereas you know last week it was like it's Parsons or nobody uh, as mm -hmm. far as the the Cowboys go. And uh, the, one of my favorite images uh, from uh, from Jan or from divisional round weekend was Mike McGlinchey just horizontal uh, with, with Micah Parsons bowling over him. That was. I mean, Mike McGlinchey, if you don't like follow the, the combine and everything, he's like 6'8", 320 or something. That Big is dog. a large Big man to, to be putting horizontal like that. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And I mean, Parsons, 
obviously he's big, but he's not like huge by NFL standards. Like he's, he's super strong, but he, he doesn't really look like noticeably bigger than other, you know, outside linemen who, who can line up on the edge. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I saw him tweeting after the game that he wants to get back into like wrestling training. Like imagine wrestling that guy in high school. I, I think I, I actually looked this up and he, he quit in high school to focus on football, but he was like basically undefeated as a, as a child all the way through middle school. Like how could you possibly beat that guy in wrestling? I love like wrestling background for, for like trench players or, or defensive yes. players. Like uh, when, when Tyler Linderbaum got drafted by, by the Ravens this past spring, um, they, they showed a clip of him and tri in Iowa is like the cradle of wrestling. Right. And, and he like pinned Tristan Wirfs in high school. That's a, Crazy. that's just a, a shocking visual. Yeah. I, I like looking up really any like high school stats for players. Like, especially if you can get accurate numbers, it's like, you know, especially for basketball players, there is uh this is like one of the most random references of all time for a uh, NFL championship game betting podcast. But <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Louisville women's guard, Haley Van Lith, uh, kind of a big deal in the, in the women's college game. Okay. I, I remember looking up her, her background one time because she was like prolific in high school and there wasn't even a listing of the records that she broke. It just said Haley by the end of her junior year, Haley had broken every school record known. <laughs> Like that's and, that's like the biggest flex of all time, and probably like invented some new records to break al along the yeah. way. Just like, it's like we just stopped keeping track. We just assume she has every single record in steals three and blocks and points uh, and threes, yeah. field goal percentage, charges taken, three, yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, charges taken. Uh, man, so Van Lith, Queen, we stand. Yeah, keep an eye out for. Her. We'll see if we can get her on the pod. Um, any other props? Uh, you know, kind of team totals, anything like that that you like from this game before we move to the AFC? Um, that, that's pretty much what, what I've got for now. Be it, you know, don't want to give away too, too many secrets as far as the, uh, you know, the, the parlay that needs two men operating a key on either side of the room to, to unlock that one, but we'll get there. <laughs> okay. I like it. Uh, let's go to the AFC. Uh, we got the Kansas city chiefs, of course, playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. This number, as you said, John has been all over the place over the last week. And, you know, I, I love looking at our page on Rotowire where you could track the line movement. Uh, this, like normally it tracks it over the course of like months, you know, during the regular season, you could go all the way back to when these lines opened. You know, I think we had it back in June or August. This one, we have like 12 different data points just in the last four days. So it opened at Kansas City minus one and a half, moved all the way to Cincinnati minus two and a half uh, as of two days ago. Now we're back to Kansas City minus one. Is this where it settles? Like, where do you ultimately see this line closing come Sunday afternoon? Well, what what did you think of them opening it with the Chiefs as the favorites? Because that that seemed like that was that was kind of the catalyst for this movement to be, to begin with. Because uh, when when I looked on like Monday or Tuesday, like before the line started started shifting, it was like 85 percent of the money was was coming in on the Bengals. So like it, it just. I think that there was a bit of a disparity between, you know, what the what the book had had, you know, kind of cooked up as its final number after looking at everything versus how the public viewed it, which was, you know, I, I think and still a valid point. Patrick Mahomes on one leg, man. <laughs> well, first of all, I should note, I know at some books it was very briefly at Chiefs minus three, which I, I think is kind of the default line in a game like this. I, I'm OK with that. Uh, and obviously the market quickly jumped on that and, and adjusted based on Mahomes. I guess one of the other questions is like, how, how concerned are we at this point about Mahomes? Like I, for one, we saw him play 
on that leg for three quarters of a game last week, albeit against the Jacksonville Jaguars, not, not mm-hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, I, I also thought it was interesting how many former players, you know, chimed in on this, whether it was on the broadcast or just, you know, on, on shows or podcasts throughout the week saying, this is not an injury that you're concerned about at the time it happens. It's the days after it's like, you know, waking up on Monday morning, that's when you realize like, Oh man, my ankle is completely swollen up. It's black and blue. I can't walk. Um, so it's something that I think in the moment you could kind of gut it out. You have the adrenaline, you're still loose. Uh, but it, it's an injury that you don't really get a full grasp for uh, as far as how severe it's going to be until a couple days later. With all that said, Mahomes practiced in full on Wednesday. You know, I, I think that's part of the reason that this line has swung back in favor of Kansas city. With that said, was there ever an expectation that Mahomes wasn't going to play? I, I, I think it's fair to say that no matter what his practice availability is this week, he's not going to be a hundred percent. I guess I don't, I don't know if it matters. I, I really don't like does Patrick Mahomes need to be at his peak as a scrambler in this game to, to change the fortunes for the chiefs? I kind of think yes. And, and, okay. and I could, again, I, I was talking to Mario earlier. So, you know, there, there's still a little bit of my tinfoil hat uh, that is still like stuck in my hair. Um, but it's almost like, Hmm. When, when you see that he was a full participant uh, on Wednesday, it's like, yeah, are you trying to say nothing to see here? Look, look away as like everything's exploding in the background. Like what, what's going on there? Like I, yeah. it's hard to believe that he is at a hundred percent with a high ankle sprain four days after the injury. So again, I do expect him to play that not worried about that obviously, but the effectiveness there, I, I think that so much of Mahomes's game, not, not that he needs to be like a, a, you know, uh, really productive rusher, but I think a lot of Mahomes's game is extending plays, getting outside the pocket. And that that's why he's so frustrating is because you can do everything right as a defense, but he has that functional mobility enough to just get away for long enough to, uh, you know, create some crazy arm angles and find someone down the field. And I, I really feel like the Bengals with Hendrickson, with Hubbard, um, with, with the rest of that defensive front, they're going to hem him in and they're not going to let him get outside. And, you, you know, it's if you're a Chiefs fan, you, you still feel OK about just having Mahomes be a straight drop back type of guy. But I, I'd be concerned about it uh, as far as his overall effectiveness that this coming Sunday. And I think it's a major factor. And I, I you know, again, that that's something that um, I, I think is going to play into the Bengals advantage here. I'll say it right now. I'm on the Bengals. I don't, I don't really care what the number is, you know, I guess, unless it would get to like three and a half, which seems very unlikely at this point. Uh, I, I like them. I, I do. And the, the Mahomes injury that helps for sure. But I, I think I saw enough from Cincinnati last week to kind of convince me that they are the better overall team. I mean, Kansas city, obviously when you have Mahomes, like it's just hard to ever feel like you, you don't have a chance to win. And I can tell you, you know, as somebody who's rooting for the team going up against Mahomes and a hobbled Mahomes at that, like there's just this, there's this level of inevitability that comes with watching the Kansas city chiefs. Like you, you just never feel like they're out of it. You never feel like they're not in control of the game. Like it reminds me of watching like the warriors when they had Kevin Durant, where they would, they would have halves or they'd be down. Like they'd have a terrible first half. They'd be down like 22. And you just knew that a run was coming and almost always that run would come and they would somehow end up winning the game. Uh, I, I get that same feeling about the chiefs, but at the same time, you know, throughout the regular season, this was not a dominant team. This was not a team that, you know, proof capable of really putting teams away. Like other than that win that they had over the 49ers midseason, which was, that might be like the single best win of the year. Now that we look back um, other than that, like they, they struggled with some lesser opponents over and over and over to the point where 
it felt like it became more than just a hiccup or two. Like it was a real trend by the end of the year. Like this team not covering, letting teams like Houston hang around. Even last week, like that game should not have been as close as it was. Like the Jags should not have had a chance to pull within one score if Jamal Agnew doesn't fumble at the five yard line. So I, I think Cincinnati's in really good shape here. I think they're going to be able to run the ball as well. You were all over that last week. That was that was one of my biggest misses. Like I, I really thought that Cincinnati would have to win uh, you know, through the air against Buffalo and Joe Mixon had a fantastic day. And it's like, if you can run on, on the Buffalo bills, I think you could do it on KC. Like, I mean, Travis Etienne, 10 for 62 last week. I don't know why they got away from him as much as they did in the second half. I, I thought that was one of their better weapons. Uh, so if the Jaguars, you know, can, can run on the chiefs, I, I think the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals absolutely can. Um, where do you come in on, on Mixon this week? Right. So, so that that's true. Bentley. Uh, sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, B-Boy's excited. I guess uh, the mailman just came by or well, we, something. We were talking Travis Etienne. I don't blame Yeah, him. no, he knows a dog uh, when he sees one. But um, when it comes to the Bengals, um, I think that you could almost make the argument that their offensive line it, uh, issues could end up being a little bit more apparent this week. It, I I think that Chris Jones is such a game record that they need to just run away from him as much as they possibly can. And if they do that, then I think they're going to end up being in okay shape as far as the ground game is concerned. And I think that P Ryan has, has really stepped up over the course of this season. Uh, so he's really effective both uh, as a rusher guy that can push the pile and, and a bit as a pass, as a pass catcher, even though like he has the build of like a, a you know, more of a power back. Uh, he has that element to his game. Um, so I, I think that the, the Bengals will be able to to run it a little bit here. I think they're still going to have to stick with kind of like the the short, get the ball out uh, type of approach as far as the, the passing game goes. I, I yeah. don't think that uh, all their offensive line issues are fixed. If anything, I, I think that um, they just kind of saw a bad game plan from Buffalo and, and exploited it. I, I think that with, with conditions being a little bit more normal that this week, we're not going to see defenders sliding around quite as much. So... Um, they they will need to be cautious on that front. One uh, trend that that I've seen kind of get bandied about on Twitter this week because you know the narrative starts the Bengals, Joe Burrow specifically, kind of owns the Chiefs. However, they they've led for like a grand total of seven minutes or something in in those three wins. Um, what do you make of that? And and does that come into your into your mind at all when it comes to maybe betting? first half uh, type of spread, uh, money line or something or first quarter money line, something like that, where, where you know, the trend says that the, the Chiefs are going to be winning this game for the right. bulk of it. And then and then the Bengals come out and, and pull it out uh, at the very end. Um, does does that kind of factor in at all? Or, or does does the sample feel a little bit tainted given that Mahomes injury? Well, it's a fair question for sure. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's not really something I'm overly concerned about because I talked with you on this very pod last week about the possibility of the Bengals falling behind early to the bills. And we were saying, look, if the bills could blow a 17 point lead to the dolphins, then the Bengals shouldn't be discouraged. If, if they're down 10, nothing, if they're down 13 to three, you know, they could get back into this game and we saw the complete opposite, right? So if, if anything, it's like, if, if I'm the chiefs, I'm thinking, all right, like maybe we're telling ourselves Cincinnati got a little bit lucky you know, to steal a couple of games from us over the last few years. But I think this Bengals team is now in a mode where they, I don't think they're going to come out slow. Right. I mean, they've, they've been able to start fast in these big games, uh, especially this season. I mean, it happened when they played KC earlier in the regular season as well. Uh, I, I don't really think that that's what we're going to see uh, from the Bengals. I think they just have a, 
a really confident game plan. And like we said, if we think they're going to be able to run the ball, I think that's huge. And the other thing is the emergence of Hayden Hurst for this offense. I mean, you talk about Mixon, Chase, Higgins, Boyd. Like, I think at this point, Hayden Hurst is kind of their third receiver. Like, they use him more than they use Tyler Boyd. Uh, they, they haven't really missed Uzama at all. I think he's been a perfect villain. So, yeah, I, I guess you know, in the event that Cincinnati were to go down early, uh, if you're the Bengals, I think you're telling our, you're telling yourself, we've been here before. No panic. We we could come back from this. Uh, I, I understand that look that that perspective, but. I, I don't think we see the Bengals go down early. Not not in a meaningful way. It's like if the Chiefs get the ball and, and go up seven nothing, sure that could happen. But I, I don't see a slow start here for Cincy. No, I, I don't either. I don't I don't expect them to be trailing by by two scores at any point in this mm-hmm. game. So I don't think that any sort of like major comeback will will need to occur in order for for the Bengals to to get this done. But you know, I just wanted to kind of like note that trend because it it has been you know floating out there so much. It's like well the the Bengals. Record-wise, been great against the Chiefs, but you know they've all been close games where where it wasn't decided until basically the the, the very end. Uh, we we saw that play out specifically like that um, earlier this season, even so. Um, just yeah, just wanted to toss that out there. But I mean, beyond that, I feel like our our, our good friends at BetMGM need some ad copy to to be read, and I, I I'm yeah. I'm struggling to to find out who 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 it's on this week. It's on me. It's on me. Things have come back around. You know, you had to do the read solo last week, uh, but we should have known what would happen. I was on the Chiefs, minus eight and a half. Uh, of course, the Jags had to get that that late field goal to set up uh, the yeah. failed onside kick. Um, you, you, you felt like you could see that one coming a mile away, and of course it happened. Uh, but you're in good shape. You won on, on Cincy plus five and a half. Didn't even need the points uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. So a uh, nice little reversal of fortune for you, and, and that means it's on me this week. Let's hear it. Kick off championship weekend with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code BETROTO, that's B-E-T-R-O-T-O, and receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Here we go. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. This is a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Credits expire seven days from issuance. This excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please, please gamble responsibly. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, listen up. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, as well as other states where prohibited, obviously. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York stellar splendid 
Yeah, you know what? I, I I'm pretty literate these days. I'm I'm getting pretty good at reading, and this uh, <laughs> this MGM copy has definitely helped. About time, yeah. I mean, it it really is a full exercise of your literary skills because there's numbers and letters. A hundred percent. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of big words. Thankfully, uh, it's like you know, but like you know, words like confidential, promotional. I mean, those are we're talking three, four syllables. Disassociated, you know, our, yeah. our MDPs out there really, you know, kind of helping helping us. We're helping them; they're helping us. We uh, we need to launch a separate podcast next season just for the Michigan disassociated persons yeah. because it's down just not with fair. MDPs, though. right? They're probably listening every week, and then we say, "Oh yeah, this excludes you." Like that's just not fair. They're like, "Ah, oh, I know," but every week I think it's going to be different. <laughs> All right, uh, I want to check in on a couple futures real quickly. Maybe hit a few more props. Uh, talk about some of the awards finalists, and then we will uh, hit our parlays. Uh, try to just keep the red hot teaser going this week. I think we've hit like five in a row at this point. People are starting to talk, uh, and then we will get out of here. Uh, John, let's just take a look at the Super Bowl odds right now. And look, at this point, you're not going to feel like you're getting a ton of value. Uh, as we talked about at the top, they're pretty stacked up right now. You got the Eagles as the slight favorites at plus 240 at that MGM. The 49ers are the long shots at plus 350 is there value on San Francisco I would say yeah um again I know we're on different sides th this week but uh that's a roster that can absolutely get to the mountaintop and and you know I think that Purdy really is the x factor but th there's so much good going on with this team otherwise that, that he doesn't need to be Superman you know it's not like Tom Brady was Superman that when he won his first Super Bowl it really is his first three kind of uh, moved into that second act of his career, and then he he really carried them. But it was a lot of the defense, the run game, and, and good coaching. And you can see a lot of that with San Francisco. So uh, I think I give them a, a very fair shot of winning this week. And I think if they make it there to, to mm -hmm. Phoenix, yeah, they, they can absolutely get it done. I mean, the, the, the defense is nasty. Run game, Debo Samuel, you name it, they have it. So they're a very complete team. So I think that there is value on them. But yeah, the, the, the value window on, on someone like the Bengals um, who were like eight to one, I, I believe last week. I, I think that 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 is closed. Uh, although you know you still get like like you know over two to one uh, on them, so that that's certainly not uh, you're close to three to one. So that's certainly not bad if you want to jump right. in late. If, even if you were a little bit late to the party, you can still get in on the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals would be would be my bet right now. Uh, you're not going to impress anybody when you're like, yeah, you know, got got my Bengals ticket at like plus two fifty right now. Uh, but at what point, John? They were thirty five to one. To win the Super Bowl, that was right after the Week Five loss to the Ravens. You could have got about thirty-five to one. Oof, man, that that would have been sweet. I, I I've I've gotten a, a Bengals fund started uh, back in like November, and then I I, I tacked on a little bit uh, in December, and I'm standing pat until after this weekend. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling good about th this uh, this team. It's hard to bet against Joe Burrow. It's extremely hard to bet against Joe Burrow in really any respect at this point. Um, all right, John, let's, uh, let's talk real quickly about first overall pick odds. You're a college football guy. You're a draft guy. Uh, we won't spend too long on this, but, uh, it, right now, if you had to put any money down, let's say you, you got a thousand dollars to bet on the number one pick. Is it Bryce young or CJ, CJ Stroud? Like, is there a better value on the board? Well, um, it, there, it's interesting because do the bears opt to trade? Are they, is it open for business? Are they sold enough? Be. I think so too, because I think that either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson are going to be, you know, future all pro type of guys. Um, but 
I think you can you can go ahead and trade back even two, three spots and, and still end up with 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 the chance of getting one of those guys. So I I wouldn't right now at this point put put it on Stroud. I think uh, Young would be my guy if if I'm going quarterback there. And again, under the presupposition uh, that uh, the Bears are going to move off of that. But then uh, Jalen Carter at at plus five fifty or Will Anderson. Um, I think would would be the next guys up. I don't think that Stroud is, is going to, I, I think once the microscope is on him a little bit from a scouting perspective, um, I don't think that he's going to be ranked ahead of Bryce Young. Will Levis plus 550. I, I'm still not quite there on him. I, I like him a little bit more than, than a lot of people do, but uh, even still, I have a hard time seeing him uh, go one overall. And then Anthony Richardson, um, you'd just be kind of lighting money on fire. Counterpoint, hundred to one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe for a dollar. Uh, for a dollar. Stranger things have happened. I feel like you get to the combine and then it just goes completely haywire, and all of a sudden somebody that you weren't even thinking about is in that conversation. It happens every single year. Uh, all right, we're we're almost out of time here. Let's get to the parlays. We'll get to the teaser. We'll lock all it right. up, and we will send you on your way. Give me your parlay of the week. We're, we're doing a same game parlay for each game, just given the the limited scope this week. All right, so my, my same game parlay for the NFC Championship is as follows. Niners alternate spread, minus two and a half. Um, I got the first half total over 19 and a half, so I'm thinking maybe like a 10 to 10 going into overtime. Jalen Hurts over 200 passing yards. Those three things come together. You got plus 595 odds, and then if you add in a George Kittle anytime touchdown, that's mm. plus 1,300, so... Uh, take a take a gander, take a look, see at that. I don't think that any of those things are too far afield, uh, but obviously parlays, you need them all to hit. Uh, I feel like there's a good chance that they do. And then as far as my AFC championship uh, parlay of the week, we got the Bengals minus three and a half alternate spread. So putting myself out Goodness. on a limb a little bit. I know, I know. I'm you just, that con- I love these guys. And then I, I got under 47 and a half for the game. Um, I got Bengals. First half money line, so leading going into half. I know that that bucks the trend that we were just talking about. And then Hayden Hurst, anytime touchdown, that'll get you 18 to 1. Love it. Love including Hayden Hurst in there. Uh, He's become one of my favorite guys. All right, my NFC, same game parlay. Uh, And again, you can put these in over at BetMGM. They have some boosted parlays you could pick from as well. Uh, We opted to customize ours. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles, minus 2.5. So we're going head-to-head there. Uh, I'm going with Jalen Hurts to throw at least one passing touchdown. Miles Sanders under 54 and a half rushing yards. The 49ers defense is number one uh, against running backs in terms of yards per carry and yards per reception. So if you can find a rushing plus receiving prop at at a little bit higher number, I'd go under on that as well. And I'm finishing it off with AJ Brown over 64 and a half receiving yards. So Eagles two and a half Hurts at least one passing touchdown. Miles Sanders under 54 and a half rushing yards. AJ Brown over 64 and a half receiving yards. That gets you to six to one over at Bet MGM. I would love to include Robbie Gould over one and a half field goals, of course, but uh, not an option as of right now. Bet MGM, please get on that. I, I need this. I need this. Uh, in the AFC, Bengals money line plus the over on 47 and a half points, uh, plus Joe Mixon over 44 and a half rushing yards, plus Travis Kelsey over 64 and a half receiving yards. That gets you to plus 450. Uh, so nothing too crazy in the AFC. We're, we're keeping it relatively conservative. Still need four different legs to hit. But one thing I like, John, about these 
same game parlays at BetMGM is they, they kind of give you different tiers you could pick from. Like you're not just saying one number when it comes to Joe Mixon or Travis Kelsey. You could do, you know, like 54 and a half, 64 and a half, 74 and a half. And obviously the odds adjust as you go up or down. Yeah, I, re- I really like having that that flexibility. You can it really allows you to to build a parlay uh, nicely without having to be like, oh gosh, like that. I love the first three of this, but that that last one's a hail mary. Like, no, you can you can scale it into exactly uh, your likings and your in your leans. Um, I love that uh, Kelsey call. I mean, he's been uh, money in the bank as far as the postseason production is concerned. We we were on it last week with the two plus right. touchdowns, so all for it. He's been too bankable. He's seven straight games with at least 95 yards in the playoffs. He has eight touchdowns in that span. It's like at, at some point it has to come to an end, but how, how do you bet against it at this point? You just can't. You can't. Uh, all right. Teaser of the week. Uh, I think we've hit four in a row. Uh, so we, we got to keep it going. Make we're it going five. Six and a half pointer. We're, we're, we're playing with fire here. Uh, six and a half point teaser. This gets you to plus 150. Uh, we are teasing the Eagles from minus two and a half to plus four. So, you know, I, I like the Eagles to win the game, but maybe they could lose by a field goal here. We are teasing the Bengals from plus one up to plus seven and a half, giving us a little bit more leeway there. And we are teasing the total. We've had good luck with these in recent weeks. We're teasing the total in Cincinnati, Kansas City, uh, down from 47 and a half to 41. And we are taking the over on that. So Eagles plus four, Bengals plus seven and a half, Cincy KC total over 41 points. Beautiful. I, I love it. Uh, you, you're The teaser brain uh you're you're really in the lab it's it's spectacular it's tremendous i gotta end with one last thing here before i I jump i'm needed in in orlando my best bet of the week give me the Bengals plus one lead us out sir we're going double on the Bengals. it worked for us this harkens back to week 15 the double lock when the Bengals were in the midst of covering every single week i think they do it again I, i i think they should be favored in this game maybe they will be uh, by the time Sunday rolls around. But if you can get the Bengals at plus one, do it right now. I bet the Bengals money line as well. So uh, we are in lockstep on the lock of the week. If you want to tail us, if you want to go against us, if you want to put in any of those same game parlays, make sure you check everything that BetMGM is offering and use our bonus code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O. BetMGM.com, the BetMGM app. If you use that bonus code BETROTO, you can receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Go check it out. Best of luck this weekend. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.